Welcome back to Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast by Koros. We're honored to be joined by legendary Koros Titan and one of our most respected Atlas contributors, Stan Gromer, Director of Community at Upwork. With over 20 years of experience, including running gamer forums before he even got to high school, Stan knows patience is key when nurturing a community. This episode is hosted by Natanya Anderson, VP of Customer Solutions at Koros. So pull up your notepad and enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really happy to have you on our podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your role today and more importantly, how you got to that role? Like, what's your journey? We'd love to hear more. Yeah, so I'm currently director of community at Upwork. Um, very new role myself, but also the entire team for the most part. So I joined Upwork about six months ago. Um, very much our strategy even for the year very much is revamping our community. So very much trying to take it to the next level. Um, historically at Upwork, it's been a forum based on support. So it's our moderators giving out support. Uh, myself, my boss is new. And then we spent the last six months very much building an entire team around content groups. Um, within our expanded team, it's even academy and the event side of the world. Um, so for us, it's really trying to revamp community in that sense of not just being a support forum, but giving people a place to come to have different experiences. I love to compare it to building Disney World um, in a virtual space where you can build a lot of different fun activities. Everybody likes to engage in different ways. So it's trying a lot of different things at once. Um, but current state, what we're doing at Upwork is very much is rebuilding the community. Uh, how I got here, though, um, I've been a kid of the internet. I grew up with the internet since really the day I could start using a keyboard. I uh, grew up on the AOL days of chat rooms. Oh, there's and, a throwback. <laughs> oh, yeah. I probably still have my Rock and Stan instant message name somewhere out there. I was always proud of that. I had no letters, characters, just Rock and Stan. It was such a perfect username. Uh, <laughs> but from that, like, it morphed into like probably a lot of kids, at least growing up in the 90s. It was like gaming message boards. And then that very much sprung into, I was hosting my own message boards. Um, so when I, I, it's weird to say it, but like when people talk about being in this industry for 20 years, technically I was like hosting my message boards at like 12, 13 years old. So I've now been <laughs> in the industry for 20 years. Um, but things like that, that for me, it's where, as I talked to a lot of folks in the community industry, it's where I think it's more that technical background that sets me apart from some folks where I just, I've always been a tinker where, I was setting up PHP BB boards, icon board. I still run an SFM, SMF forum board, I think, uh, from mm-hmm. like 20 years ago. We still have a community of like 30 of us that met on the IGN gaming boards who still are going strong uh, in a sense. And they every once in a while, they still meet up physically together, chat, things like that. So it's really cool to have those experiences. And that kind of brought me into uh, growing up. It was always technology. So I was in Geek Squad forever. I spent almost a decade at Best Buy. Um, but even there, it was, if you ask most Geek Squad agents who worked for Geek Squad for years, it's the Geek Squad forums that was the most magical thing to them that kept them coming back. They love the interactions that you could build throughout the entire country, people you've never met, um, really helping each other. And it was one of, I think, the secret sauces for Geek Squad that we had this really thriving online message board. And to my knowledge, they still have it going to this day. Um, that sprung me. I've been in a lot of different support roles otherwise, um, but that ultimately led me through just having a network when they role opened up at Anaplan uh, probably four or five years ago. They were building out their first version of a community on Koros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they brought me on board to help, and it was very much a, 
I didn't plan on the community role being a real job for me. I didn't even know what the community <laughs> was. It was just a, hey, do you want to come help run a message board? Uh, cool. I would love to. So I thought it would be a three, four month gig that would move into something else. Four years later, I was still there with a team four times the size building out this huge community at Anaplan. Um, and that's ultimately what sprung board me into Upwork mm-hmm. now. We're kind of doing the same thing once again, hopefully just a lot faster with everything we've learned over the years. Wow. That is that is such a great story. It, you know, I, I think back in the days I was a um I was one of those people on the AOL message boards. And even when I was in college, right, when when everything was just with with dummy terminals, right? And and we were gopher and and all of the things. And I think people at the time wondered, like, what are you doing? And is that really a good use of your time? And you know, I, I think as I listen to you tell your story, there's this thread of of certainly helping people, right? Their support and all those pieces, but this true community building piece, the fact that there are people you met 20 years ago who still get together in person occasionally, like I, I think it's just a testament to community is not um, sort of the the thing du jour, but it has a really storied history of being powerful for connecting people, not just online, but but offline as well. So it's, it's really cool to, to hear that you've been doing this for, you know, since your teens. <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, I think it is one of those things where it is just in our base code as humans, we want to connect, mm-hmm. we want to meet, we want to actually interact. And I very much argue I'm an introvert who I mm-hmm. need my alone time to recharge. But at the end of the day, we all want to have these relationships. We want friends. We want to be able to share the things that are going on with our life. So it's so natural. And I think it is just the changing world where instead of being so much in person now, we bring more of it online and it's finding mm-hmm. different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I, I um, I'm gonna guess that you've read Ready Player One or seen seen the movie. I mean, I've 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 read it and I've listened to it. Will Wheaton narrates it. It's really great, and I think it like teaches us this lesson of the digital is amazing as this facil- facilitating space, but we actually need to to connect as humans, right? Like, there's just like this fundamental desire, um, and I think before the pandemic potentially we didn't really recognize that. And maybe one of its gifts to us has been understanding that like this really, really matters. Oh, completely. And I think that's like the idea of Ready Player One and I play mm-hmm. VR and I've, I have a almost one year old, so I'm just getting time to actually start playing it more where he's not gonna be under my feet constantly. But it is that idea when you're in VR though, it is so much more immersive. We're actually seeing people and you can mm-hmm. see their entire body, you can see their movements. I think that totally is the future of community in a sense to where you are taking it to a whole nother level. And it's, you're almost bringing back the reality that you're missing in just message boards, but actually getting the human interactions mm-hmm. again, which completely changes the game then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I have been in community for a really long time too. And I, it's always funny when someone's new to it, like it's new to their business or they're new to it and they're like, oh, this is this cool new thing. And I'm like, well, yes, it's cool, but also not new. Uh, but welcome to our to our fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so so as we talk about like clearly the joy of community and the power of connection, um, there's there's a reason that you're doing this right at Upwork, right? That community that you're choose that you started in the first place is support forums, but obviously looking now to revitalize it and 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 may, I love Disney World in virtual spaces. That's amazing. Um, tell me how you connect all of this back to really critical business objectives and like how does it contribute to the things that your business is trying to do good question because we just finished our first uh, ever month-end reporting it's two weeks late roughly but uh 
time we did that for six months where we just got enough data. But for us, the biggest thing we've been trying to do and even waiting is being able to layer not just our community data or take our community data, but layered on top of all the actual business data from Upwork. Mm -hmm. And I think that's always been the hardest part, but also the most successful thing for us of growing a bigger team and getting the resources we need is actually showing that value. So for us, it's actually starting to show that if you come to community, um, and again, we're in the early days, but showing users come to community, what impact are they having after they come though? Are they actually mm -hmm. going and are they more successful on the platform? Are they getting better satisfaction scores? Um, at the end of the day, are they driving more revenue? So mm -hmm. regardless of what kind of community you are, I think there are those metrics you can pick out that generally just community driven like views or did they come and actually post more but then layered on top of the did they post more but that actually result in more dollars at the end of the day or did that result in more dollars for everybody that read that post somebody did in the forum so for us we were doing a lot of that really journey tracking um, i'm a really big fan of tools we don't use it right now but tools like heap that i've used in the past where you can actually see the user's journey from mm -hmm. not in your platform but through community through your support site mm -hmm. everywhere else in between um and actually figure out where they're going and where they're going maybe three weeks from there, six months from now. Because um, you actually start to see, I mean, I think it's everybody knows community is not a instant. It's not something where you launch community and tomorrow you're seeing value. It's a long tail, takes six months to a year to actually start to build that digital garden in a sense. So that's the cool part with data, I think, is when you stop really or start to look at not just the base community metrics, but the long term, what's going on um, from there. And then also, uh, the other thing I always call out is just customer satisfaction piece. I think a lot of people do also look at it in community, um, but layer that into the rest of your org as well, but also take the training aspect, the event aspect, We're really mm -hmm. big within Upwork, having all these kind of combined experiences together. Um, but when you layer the NPS satisfaction scores that you get after somebody attends an event, then they take a training course within the community. Then they go back to your platform, they help somebody, you start to see those really big jumps. Then it's not a 3% mm -hmm. or 5% jump. It's again, I, I compare it to the Disney World again, to where you go to a regular amusement park that's run down, they have a poor time, they're not going to go home to their friends. You go to Disney World, that's something a lot of people spend years saving up for because it's such a huge experience and it's memorable, you never forget it. That's what I think folks want to get out of community. And that's how you really drive those business results back at the end of the day, um, really show the raw numbers again revenue, satisfaction, how you're impacting the business. I, I love all of the, the the messages in there, right? Community community data alone is powerful. It tells you a lot about what's happening in your community, but when you merge it with all the rest of the data that you have in your business, and I, I love this idea of seeing where community community fits in the customer journey. Um, we we spend a lot of time with our customers thinking about journey mapping and and telling that story, and it's great because community does create a, a space, a landing space for people to engage and hang out. But but then it also, to your point, springboards more. And I also appreciate that you share that community analytics and the impact of community do not happen overnight. It's absolutely a journey and a commitment to, to nurturing the community, realizing that you're putting in more up front, but then eventually it will, will offer a return. Yeah, I think that's the, if once you get to a point where you can tell your leadership team that, you know, a community user is driving 80% more revenue and mm -hmm. you get those really important metrics. Those are just game changers. That's where it's like, why is every single user not in community? And it goes from the, again, trying to beg and borrow for resources to the, the entire company is trying to figure out how everybody gets involved in community because they see how powerful it can be. So it, it's a paradigm shift where you kind of change and flip the table on everybody needs to be in community or else. 
Right, right, exactly. And I think that's a good message too for folks who are who are early days of their community and, and may be passionate about it and seeing its impact to the business, but having to scrape and scrap a little bit to, to create that time for the community to show its value. Uh, we, I've, I've talked to so many other folks where that's their story too. And it's like, I really wanna say to them, hang in there. The, the data will show itself, the impact to your business will show itself. And also we, there's so many very mature communities out there, right? Like you worked at one at Anaplan, right? And, and y'all, by the time you guys are done, your community will, will be in that, that sort of level. But you didn't just flip a switch and have these communities show up overnight, right? Like it's definitely an intentional, it looks very different and feels very different on day 90 than it does on day 900 or 9,000. Oh yeah, it's a. I already did that upwork. I always say it's a good thing to do on day one is start taking screenshots, and every few months take screenshots of your changing community because it is really amazing to look back three months versus a year versus four years later, which it's a night and day difference. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a I, there's a, a site out there called something like the Wayback Machine, and it'll let you pick. and And I've done this actually with some of our customers because they say I want a community to look like. XYZ community that's been around for five plus years. And I, and I say, okay, that's really great. And yes, we will get you there. I have all the confidence in you, but let me show you what this looked like in the first year. And, and, and they're shocked, but I think also reassured that you don't have to be perfect on day one. Community is the epitome of progress and our perfection. <laughs> 100% agree. Um, so I, I appreciate when you when when you tell stories like this because I'm like, look, it's not just me. <laughs> we have lots of customers. You are, I, and I think that's what's really great for us too about having opportunities for people in community to commune. Um, you know, to to find your people and share your story. So it's like, look, you're not alone, and really, it's going to take a little bit, but you will get there. Oh, 100. Um, you know, so so it sounds like you guys have a lot of really exciting stuff going on with the the revisiting of your community and and really thinking about this this idea of Disney World. Are there any specific projects in that that your team's working on that you're just super proud of or that you think are just really impactful right now? So many. Uh, <laughs> right now, we're very much just talking to the idea of like changing community. We're working on our first big redesign, so mm. I don't think it's changed probably in five six years. Um, so it is just giving a new facelift with that mm-hmm. of building more flexible functionality and of how we can have our content team actually updating the content or mm-hmm. the show off groups. Um, at the same time, it's very much managing expectations. So we are coming in as a bunch of new folks who've had an existing community for six plus years. And a lot of community members do, they, they're very scared of us. And it's like, why are you changing things that have worked forever? And it is mm-hmm. trying to even sell the story to them of it's worked for a small you set of users we want to again expand it to everybody we want everybody interacting um within there another really exciting one for me i mean it's the idea that's probably taken me five years to get here is we're launching our first version of academy within community we're we're building it all directly on top of koros we're building it in-house in a sense where i've looked at every single learning platform out there probably and i've found one that i like um so we're doing our clubs and it's also the idea, though, of keeping it simple. A lot of things are, I've worked with so many learning education teams where they track everything under the sun, but they never use any of the data. We're doing the opposite, where it's we're tracking the bare minimum. We're going to figure out ways to use that data, and then we'll start tracking more and more as we go. Um, but the biggest opportunity for us was just getting training in front of folks, actually giving them an opportunity to take it. Mm-hmm. It's never been before. So 
trying to take a lot of the obstacles that I've had in the past, push them to the side for a while and just get something launched. So having really good results, like great feedback there and hopefully be going live with really big soon on that. Um, but otherwise, it's very much just trying to figure out the uh, future of community for us, where mm-hmm. we grew the team very quickly. We almost doubled the size of it, I think. So it's a lot of different avenues we're going through at the same time. Dan, that is, I'm so excited, right, to, to come to come back to the community in a few months and see how all of this all of this shows up. And and a couple of things I heard that I really hope folks uh, sort of internalize is sometimes keeping it simple is the best way to go, knowing that, again, you can evolve it. That is the great thing. I think about digital holistically, but very specifically about community is it is an organic space, even though it's in, in a ones and zeros world. And the other thing too is we have to remember that our community members are players in the decisions that we make with our communities for our businesses. And and listening to you talk about having to create comfort with the community members, uh, you know, it, generally people aren't big fans of change. And so in addition to change management with inside your own business, I'm hearing you talk about having to do change management within the community itself, which, which I think is something people should be thinking about if they're planning on making substantial changes to an existing entrenched community. Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the great ideas of taking it a bit slower, but also bringing your community along for the ride of telling them what you're doing, letting them have mm-hmm. some say. And it's one of those things, again, maybe they don't have say, but let them know ahead of time so at least they know what's coming and they can mm-hmm. start to get all their grapes out. So by the time it launches, they'll be more prepared for it. Um, <laughs> that's also one of those, like, it's always the best practice I tell people, the idea of, like, starting small is, like, don't launch a new community with 50 different forums that don't have anything in any of them. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we want to come to the empty party. So launch with just a few, massage it a bit, figure out what works. Um, a saying I've had forever since I worked at with somebody great at Best Buy is the idea of soft clay. You can keep molding it as you go. It doesn't have to like turn into cement immediately. So keeping that in mind, you can always listen to your community and adjust then as long as you don't lock something in permanently forever. I, I can't wait for this podcast to be live because I have a lot of new customers that are trying to sort through some of th- these things. And I just want to send it to them and say, listen to this. It's important. You don't have to have all of these forums. Let's let's focus. Let's be simple, right? I'm just going to be like, please listen to this podcast and come back to a meeting with will me. Forgive you. That's the best part is your users, again, if you're transparent and open with them, they will never fault you for something because they, they'll see you're trying. And as long as they know you're mm-hmm. trying, they're essentially yeah. going to love you. Entirely, entirely. I think that they want to be heard and they want it and they want to know that they're at least contributing to the decision making. And that's the piece. It feels like we manage so much inside of our businesses that we can forget the users, but without the users, really we don't have anything with which to manage inside the business. Very much that. Um, so if we think about all the goodness that's happening, my experience ha- in life has been that sometimes the the best learnings come from things that maybe didn't go quite like we wanted them to. And so I'm really curious if you'd be willing to share a time that something was not quite the outcome you were you were expecting, and then what did you do with that to work it back into how you were how you were thinking? Yeah, I think um, I'll keep it a little high level, but this probably happens endlessly to a lot of folks. But I mean, we have a lot of projects within community, um, quite a few even. And a plan, probably a few here already at Upwork, where we get 90% done, you're ready to launch. Either the team vanishes, the project gets decommissioned, sunset, whatever's going on with it. Um, But to me, it's always trying to find those opportunities to reuse, put it on the shelf, come back to it six months later. Um, Don't lose all those cool opportunities you had. So like for us, even 
talking about the idea of building out an academy, like we've tried to do this so many times, myself, my boss over the years, um, both that same boss of both Anaplan and Upwork, uh, trying to figure out how to do this. So I think it's all those failures over the years essentially got it to where we could mm-hmm. do it in less than two months here. Um, I think a lot of places it would have took a lot more time, but it was all those failures building up to the experience of being able mm-hmm. to do it really quickly. Um, so I think that's the most important thing is don't take it so much as a, if I say, I've told people this before, if I ever get a tattoo, which I don't have a tattoo today, it'll be love <laughs> the failure. It'll just be writing love the failure somewhere on my body because I think that is such a core belief to myself of I like things failing because I learn more from it. When things go really, really well, you don't really learn a whole lot. You learn something along mm-hmm. the way. But when you fail, I think is the best time to really take what you got, figure out what truly failed along the way, and then build a better product, a better experience, whatever's next, bring all of that into it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think, I think in, in, as I watch all of our customers, we have, I'm lucky enough to see sort of this work across literally hundreds of communities. It's interesting to see an idea finally find its time. And, and sometimes things sit longer than we want them to. And sometimes the people who had the idea don't get to, to finish it inside of that community. Sometimes like you, they take an idea and they take it someplace else. And there's a patience component, right? I, I think that that community holistically requires this attitude of, of agility, but also patience, right? Like just understanding that today may not be the day, but the day will come. Yes. And that's, uh, I am not a patient person. So that's probably one of the things I've had to learn over the years. Um, but it's one of those things where you, to your point, you, you have to wait around for a while sometimes, especially at the speed the business sometimes moves versus mm-hmm. the speed of the community who even today in Upwork, it's the idea that we're traditional support forms. So people want responses immediately as we transition support back to support. That's one of those like pain points of, well, it used to be the community would help me faster than the support team. <laughs> That's a change now. <laughs> we would love to keep doing that forever, but that's not scalable if we want to keep growing at the scale we're growing. So change is okay, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it teaches us, right? I'm I'm I continue to go back to our our conversation at the start about what we learned when we were young, right? About about what community taught us and and you'd be there and you're supposed to to see people and they're about to come to hang out and sometimes they're there and sometimes they're not and people come in and out and and I think there's some lessons for us also the speed of business today feels frenetic to me sometimes. And as I'm list- as I'm having this conversation with you, I'm reminded that community offers the offers us the opportunity to slow down and nurture just a little bit. Uh, but it's also hard when your business is trying to move so fast and you're like, wait, the community just needs a little time and space. Yep. Um, it's probably a good lesson for all of us. Um, so as we start to wrap ourselves up, this has been uh, such a great conversation. I'm really curious a lot of folks will listen to this at varying levels of their practice with community and with customer experience. And I feel like you've offered so many great, just practical tidbits and and advice. But if there was one thing that you think anyone could do to think about how to improve their overall customer experience today, what would you tell people to do that they, that that's where they should be thinking? Uh, Focus on onboarding. This is, I think one Mm -hmm. that we're focusing on a ton. Um, and I don't think a lot of companies just in their core products, let alone their community, really focus on it much at all. But it's the whole onboarding. It's from the time of how your users even find out about your community, that it exists. But then also, how do you get onboarded into the community? So is it 
giving them an opportunity to post. A lot of folks that, at least I'm learning this at Upwork, we have a wide range of ages. We have folks who are very familiar with technology, some who aren't. So trying to figure out how to get them onto the community when they're not used to that platform. Um, but it's also trying to get them to learn a new platform, learn different ways to communicate. Would you prefer to be in the forums? Would you like to do a live chat for the first time in your life? Um, trying to figure out how you gently get them into those experiences. That's been a really huge focus for us of how we can just try to improve that experience. And again, it's you start to see very small changes over time, uh, but those little changes start to snowball into very big impacts when you start to go from 1% to 5% to 10%. So that's a big focus, I think, trying to figure out onboarding and then build more relevancy and personalization into it as you go then. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a great reminder. We, we tend to think, especially when we're talking about community and support, we're thinking about people who are already connected deeply to the brand, but I, I I really am hoping that people will take a step back and think about like, how are we even welcoming people into their connection and conversation with us? Because that much as, as is true between people in a lot of ways that can make or break, right? How they, how they engage with you going forward. So I, I really appreciate that as, as something for folks to think about. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us today and sharing your experience and your your wisdom so much here for, for folks to think about whether they're new to community or five to 10 years into community. Really appreciate uh, all of your thinking and your time. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Thanks. Thanks for spending time with us today on Titans of Customer Engagement, a customer experience podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, leave us a review and spread the word. Your feedback means a lot to us. Continue the conversation on Koros Atlas at community.koros.com. Until next time. The CX world is now digital first. It's what customers expect and Koros can help. Koros is an award-winning customer engagement platform built to turn those siloed interactions with your customer into enterprise value. You can harness the power of human connection across the customer experience, from outbound marketing, social, messaging, chat, and SMS, to owned and digital communities. Customer engagement means staying always connected. Find out how customer-first software and services can make you a titan of customer engagement at Koros.com.